Hey everybody, and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs, coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Kamen Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no-bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Kam, I'm very excited about today's episode. I'm excited because we are going back in time, back to the medieval days of knights, kings, queens, and warriors. What does all that have to do with today? Well, it's relevant to today. And I think the, the roles of what it was in the medieval is still relevant today for any business or entrepreneur. So what does that mean? How are we going to give you clarity? Who's the king? Who's the queen? Who are the warriors? Right. And who, who, do you, who should you aspire to be? Do you want to be a warrior or a king or a queen? Very intriguing questions today. I personally think we need to be kings and queens as entrepreneurs. Yes. Yeah, so what does that role mean? We've had the discussion multiple times. We've talked to a lot of other entrepreneurs and, and even leaders and managers about their job and their role. So the, the kings and queens is really in charge. You're a manager. You're, you're a VP. You're, you're the strategist. You're overseeing and really understanding the vision and the strategy versus the warriors are the players. They're the ones that are executing. Like, for example, for, for my company as a marketing agency, our warriors are our graphic designers videographers, our content writers, our photographers, our kings and queens are my project managers, my operational managers, know myself as a CEO. How does those roles play out? You know, when you have, let's say you're a two-person shop, right, Sean, and you're trying to grow versus even a five-person business to a 50-person business. Right. It doesn't really matter how big, you know, your army is. It doesn't matter how many knights and warriors you have. You have to have a visionary. You have to have a king or a queen that is focused on really the war, not the battle, right? The king and queen are focused on tomorrow. What does the kingdom look like tomorrow? The warriors, the doers, the operational people, as you describe, are focused on the task at hand. You know, warriors do something, they go to battle and they die. Well, if the king goes to every single battle, he's going to die. And what happens to the kingdom when the king is acting as a warrior? Same thing with companies. If the strategist, the king, the the entrepreneur, the leader gets bogged down in the operation of the company, which is not to say it's not important, but if they if they become a doer, if they become a warrior, what happens to the the kingdom and the castle behind them? Well, I would argue it it starts to fail because there's no visionary, there's no leader, there's no king or queen there to be worried about tomorrow. Well, if you're a startup, you're bootstrapping, right? You're wearing several hats. So what advice do we give that person? I remember when I started the agency, I was wearing several hats. I was out there selling. I was doing the fulfillment work. I was doing the operations, the HR, the payroll, all that jazz, right? So as I grew, I knew I had to delegate. I knew I had to find more. I had to find warriors because I couldn't do it myself. So what advice did you give to someone who's in that same position? Where they're doing it all themselves and they're just like, no, it was tough for me to let go because I knew what I wanted. I know the, the 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 level of detail and the passion I'm putting behind it. So it was really tough for me to let go and say, can I trust someone else to deliver the fulfillment? Right. Um, when when do you know it's the right time or is it ever a right time? I, I, I think the right time is when you decide to do it, really. I mean, you can't have a preconceived conception of, okay, in six months, I'm going to be building the team. I think if you manage a small team in a company or you have a small company that you're starting, whether it's just yourself or someone else, 
you have to play those roles at first, but the idea is that you can never lose sight of what the vision of what you're trying to do is. You talk about control. One of the hardest things I think for a leader and, a, and certainly an entrepreneur is to give up the control, but you have to have a, a high level of trust. But again, if you're focused on the vision, really what got you there? What, what, why did I start this company or, or what is the direction that I want my team to go in? If you keep that in focus, it becomes less of, I need it done my way more so you become more open and flexible and say, this is the vision that I'm trying to get to. This is where I see our company getting to. There are multiple ways to get that there. I can give up that control a little bit and still achieve the vision. So a leader has to have an open mind. Like I was talking to him earlier about the king and queen, you have to, there's many different ways to win a battle. Your vision should be, we need to win the battle. And you let your warriors, your, your subordinates in the company, your operational people, they're the ones that help you determine how you're going to do it. But the why and the what is you as a king and a queen, that's your responsibility. That's a, that's a good point there. So when you have the why and the what, and I, I, I get caught in this sometimes where other folks that I you know when we were smaller, you're kind of in touch with everyone, right? So everyone knows what's going on. Right. But when you start to grow you feel this little disconnect. The communication might be not clear. Like, you know, people are, are, are seeing more people coming in or products are changing or just things are shifting in the company. Everyone's like, what's going on? There's rumors. So to really focus on what you're doing for your vision, you have to really get good at communicating. Finding ways to communicate that if it's in your weekly meetings, if it's in an email to summarize all the different progress things that you're doing so that, you know, what you're trying to do is you, you, you want to, Make sure people understand the vision. Uh, you want to get buy-in, but you also want to make sure your culture also doesn't diminish because people are just confused. What are some good examples, do you think, to help people, Sean, to you know, really understand the vision when they're not maybe as close to that CEO or that manager right. and other people in other departments are like, what's going on? Right. I, you know, that's a great point. I think that the word communication gets diminished a lot. And I, I really think that that's a glue in any type of team or organization, whether it's a sports team or a company or an entrepreneur that's starting a company, or if it's a parent-child relationship or, or, or it's your own relationship at home, a, a husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. It's all about communication and it gets taken for granted. I love the, the, the dichotomy of communication. You'll speak to one person on one side of the table and they'll say, oh, I'm a great communicator. I don't know how you don't understand this. And then you talk to the other person and they're like, I have no idea what we're doing because it's not communicated. So the key really is to understand that the communication is your lifeline to the entire organization, whether you, you're in the mailroom communicating up or you're the CEO communicating down. And in order for you to be successful, I would argue in anything, you have to have communication. You have to have this lifeline that you, that is, it's two ways that is based on trust and the appreciation of what it is, the vision of whatever it is you're trying to do in order to all work towards that particular vision. It's all about communication, whether it's electronic or talking or however you, you, you do it. it it has to be constant, it has to be consistent, and it has to be two ways. And there's a fear factor, too, with that. A lot of leaders will say, or particularly um, higher-ups in business, I used to hear this a lot, that you know, they'll say, well, I'm a good communicator, I must be, because nobody ever comes back to me and says, I don't understand this. But you talk to the, some of the, 
the operational people, the people a little bit lower down in the hierarchy, and they'll say, well, yeah, I would never go. I'm scared to go talk to the entrepreneur or he's never available or I'd be afraid I'd lose my job if I give my opinion or we have to do it that way or whatever. It's interesting to get two different perspectives when everybody will say, well, communication's easy, so we really don't focus on it. And I would argue it's the number one killer in relationships, friendships, business, companies, teams, sports teams. I mean, if... If I'm Bill Belichick and I want to run this play and I don't communicate that effectively to Tom Brady, chances are pretty good that that play is not going to get run the way we want it to get run. Even if you assume that he knows it, and I think a lot of times I, I catch myself, I feel like I'm a good communicator. My mantra is communicate, reset expectations, communicate, reset expectations. I want to make a t-shirt about it, but I still don't do it perfectly, right? So right. you might have assumptions of what, what you think is needed. To communicate better, you just have to ask open questions like, does this make sense? Do you guys know what's going on? Even to clients, like we're, one of the things that we're doing at the end of our meetings is asking clients like, are you happy with what we're working on so far? Do you understand the scope of work? Are we in the right timeline for you? Because as much as like we're working, we all know that we're working, but at the end of the day, even if we execute you know, like a really, like for us, we do a great website or we do a, a go-to-market event. If the client doesn't understand all the pieces throughout that process and they might, you know, have a different expectation of that. Same thing with like your spouse or a significant other. If you're, they're, they're asking questions probably for you about where you're at with your company, where you're going, you know, you're having these conversations at home about the company and where it's going, your career, because you're putting a lot of your time and effort and your passion behind that. So, you know, communicating that or just sharing maybe like wins, but even sharing like things that aren't working well, even if you're scared about that, because having friends or significant others to give you a different perspective can, can help because they see it differently because you try to keep everything to yourself, even into internal. You feel as, as the king or queen, that leader, I should know it all. I can I can do it all. And like, do I need to share that with someone that ha who's really, I don't think it's going to make an, uh, an impact here. But I think you should share that vision or that idea because they're implementing that vision for you. So getting that feedback, like well, recently we had a meeting last week with my team. We kind of we kind of regrouped. The whole company came in about uh, a, a big product that we're that we always been using, and it was the first time that we kind of just got everyone's really clear, open ended. We didn't care if they liked it, didn't liked it, and. A lot of things came out of that conversation that I was actually surprised about, but also very excited about because it gave our whole leadership team a different perspective. Absolutely. It's interesting. You know, you, you talk about how the entrepreneur, the leader or the king or queen doesn't want to communicate or they assume that they have. And a lot of times it's out of fear because if they communicate to their team, the team might get an idea that they don't know what they're talking about. Right. So it's an openness thing. You got to have some trust to, to say to be self-confident enough to say, look, I don't have all the answers, but I know what the vision of this company or this team or whatever it is. And I need to articulate that regardless of whether you have all the answers or not. And 100 percent of the time, you're not going to have all the answers. The other thing, too, is with communication, the most important part about communication is listening. A lot of people, most people, I would argue, and I'm guilty of this myself, they listen to react as opposed to listen to hear and to understand. Mm -hmm. So you're listening to somebody because as soon as they're they're done talking, you're going to react to it. You're going to say something back. And that gets confused as communication. It might be the definition of communication, but it's not really 
effective. You have to listen to understand the other person's perspective, whether, again, it's your relationship at home or to your point, whether you're sitting, you could sit down with your team going into that meeting thinking that this is a kick-ass product and we're going to use it forever and I love this and you end up in five minutes of listening to your team realize it sucks. Nobody likes it. Nobody uses it. It's clunky. It doesn't, it might solve this person's job or this person's task, but it doesn't solve this person. And you have a different perspective, not by talking, but by listening. So I think that that's huge. And, you know, let's take it back. A king that goes, that wants to go to battle back in the medieval times instructs his, his warriors or knights to go to battle. Well, there's no email or, oh yeah, they just sent me a text. They're ready to, to, you know, go ahead and start sorting everybody. It didn't work like that back then. You got to send out a messenger and hope the messenger doesn't get killed and everybody's waiting around for the messenger to get back. Like that's communication, man. You got to wait. You can't just react and say, well, they must've got the text. Let's go scale the wall and realize where the hell is everybody? Oh, well, they didn't get the text. I don't have any service in this area of the forest that were- The Falcon didn't come. Right, the Falcon, <laughs> the falcon slammed into a tree somewhere or whatever. So, you know, I would argue, even though it was harder back then to communicate, it made it more necessary. You had to have, if you don't get the falcon back, you're not going to do anything. Here, it's like, well, I sent an email, so everybody, A, must have got it, everybody must understand it, and everybody agrees with me. Why? Because nobody wrote back. Well, that's just the most ridiculous thing. I've, I've. That's not communication. That's, I don't know what you would call it, downward pressure to the rest of your organization that you've, uh, you know, Moses brought the Ten Commandments down from the hill. Nobody had edits to them and sent them back up. I mean, it was a one-way communication. So I think in everything we do, communication is key. It's talked about all the time. I would argue it's not embraced effectively. It's hard to sit and listen. And what we've done to improve communication within our company is we use Slack. It's a great platform. It's, it's like instant messaging or texting, and we create different channels for different departments. We create different channels for different clients. Um, you can create different groups, but it's great for quick communication back and forth versus filtering through all the email responses, right? We use email mainly for documentation, um, if it's something that's important, but also just more for client-facing. And then, you know, of course, some, client, some folks internally, we have to t- use text, but we're providing multiple communication channels, and we make sure we get feedback from our team members. What's the best communication channel for if it's a project or if it's just internal versus external? So you have to figure that out. As a king and queen out there, you have to figure out what's the best way to communicate that's effective. Don't just try to find busy work, um, but it has to be efficient and effective. In summary, the takeaways that we really want you guys to have here after listening about this subject matter you know, is one, that as much as you think you're great at communicating, get feedback from your team members, get feedback from your warriors and all the, all the players on in your company about, is there anything we can do better? Because then they might not, then they can, they can have a better understanding. What is the vision of that entrepreneur or, or my manager who, you know, who's managing us? Having that two-way fluid communication is crucial to building that culture. I agree. I, I think that, again, if we we go back in time a little bit. I think that if we're if we're going to be kings and queens and and own and run our kingdoms again, whether that's a team or a group or a, a company, one of the the biggest things is is communication. And it's great to have a strategy, but if that's not communicated to everybody else, it's not really going to be a strategy. It's a strategy for one, which really isn't a strategy. So I think that 
one of today's biggest takeaways is to focus on communication. If you're a king or a queen, or even if you're a warrior, focus on what's important to you and communicate that to everyone else in your team, including up. The the warriors need to tell the king how the battle is going, because I'm pretty sure that the king's going to think they're kicking ass if he hasn't heard anything. And that's probably, <laughs> they could be all dead and just not be able to communicate. Yeah. I mean, your, your company can completely crash because... Of lack of communication. Yeah, and just being ignorant about it. Absolutely. And, or not even opening to it. Right. So I think it's something that is a daily focus for really anybody, even your relationships at home or, or your, your personal relationships. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand why I'm saying? And I, and I want to hear back from you how it sounds to you. So you come to a collective vision, particularly in a personal relationship. You want to have a collective vision. Same thing with, with running a company. You want to make sure that your vision, because it's your vision, it's why the thing exists, right? You want that to be communicated effectively, appropriately, and often to everybody else in the organization. Everybody needs to understand that you're going to battle, when you're going to battle, why you're going to battle, and what happens if you win or lose the battle. That's the king and queen's job. That's not the warrior's job. And I think but the warrior has to understand it. And that's the second takeaway, Sean, that you're saying, like that vision, the vision, the strategy, which you just, which you just summarized right there. So the, the second takeaway for you guys who are listening here, and you could be driving or walking, start thinking about that. You know, do you have a clear vision of what where you're going with your business and, and for yourself? Exactly. So then you can create tangible goals from that vision and everyone else can understand that vision as well. The more you communicate and the more you listen, the better off that vision is going to turn into a strategy, which turns into milestones, which turns into attainable things you can touch, success that you can touch. And that's really where it starts, is communication. I think we covered a lot here today. Welcome your feedback. Have a kick-ass day. Crush it out there and come back for our next episode. Go out there and be kings and queens. That's what it's all about. And if you want to be a warrior, that's cool too. But being a king or queen is much better. Have a great day, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. You can find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs, Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast, and join the conversation by visiting our website at thevepodcast.com. By all means, please email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks for listening today. We understand that every minute of your day is so valuable and precious and appreciate you sharing this time with us. And remember, whatever your 100% is, give it.